0: Costco, there was a little flyer in the lunchroom saying that the last day for complimentary food and drinks at the food court will be Friday, May 8th, which kind of is a a sign of the times. It's like we're getting back to swing of things. Um, The pity party is over and uh, we're getting back to work. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went try to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Alright, welcome everybody. This is the May 2020 monthly market update. You guys can access a lot of the past monthly right, updates. Welcome everybody. This at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. Uh, but we'll get going here. Obviously, a lot of this this month will be surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic and news affecting our real estate investments from there. If you guys haven't heard about me, my name is Lane Kawoka, professional engineer, or ex-engineer, I um, still have a P. Uh, I have a podcast called Simple Passive Cashflow found on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Radio, and um, also have a pretty robust YouTube channel. And if you would like to join our tribe, we have a free Facebook group for um, to get to know um, folks in our group a little bit better. So I'm going to run through, there's quite a bit of articles this month. Um, You guys know my style, I run through it pretty quickly, but uh, here we go. The Shopping Center Business uh, reports that Gap, Macy's, Kohler's pulls to furlough most employees as stores remain closed during COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, RE Business Online reports that Under Armour to furlough 6,600 workers beginning April 12th. And I'm gonna go a little bit chronologically here to kind of recap the month of April. So I put it this way because hopefully it puts things a little more context for everybody to see how kind of the story unfolded. Of course, March was the first, last month, March was the first month that COVID-19 kind of took effect. Um, In my opinion, that second, third week of March is when things emotionally turned towards um, kind of the fear base. And what we're going to kind of see is how the story kind of unfolded here with a lot of. Um, big businesses furloughing and people having to stay at home. A commercial property executive reported beginning of April that U.S. braces for more job losses. Economies expect this week's unemployment claim number to jump well beyond the record 3.3 million filed last week. And then later on they reported unemployment claims topped 6.6 million. And I do believe later on the month, um, you know, these numbers and estimates have uh, increased. So uh, you know, with people unable to go out, a lot of restaurants and other industries just not able to make money, um, unemployment skyrocketed. Also in the beginning of month, April 3rd, Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway sells part of their Delta Southwest Airlines stakes. Um, sold about 18% of its Delta Airlines and 4% of their Southwest Airlines. So this is right after I'd say a lot of the the big fallout, the initial fallout of the stock market happened. And a lot of this is you know, kind of duh. Obviously, this stuff happened. GDP fell at 4.8% annual rate, the first quarterly drop since 2014, worst drop since 2008. Consumer spending plunged 7.6%, the most since 1980. It accounts for 70% of the GDP. Services dropped the most on record, driven mostly by one industry, healthcare pandemic required providers to pull back on most profit drivers like electronic procedures and routine visits. I'll, I know in our who um, investor group, like a lot of the dentists really got hurt bad and a lot of the... Um, the non-emergency doctors wouldn't take in um, and do their procedures. So it's really unusual how this pandemic impacted some people um, very greatly and others, they were relatively unimpacted. Uh, Next quarter economists are projecting at least a 30% annual decline. RE Business Online reports that U.S. economy loses 700,000 jobs in March due to efforts to contain Spread of coronavirus. And you can see if you guys are tuning in on the YouTube channel when we do this live, you can see sort of the the comparison on on a graph of how the monthly change in job gains. Normally we're hovering around a hundred to two hundred jobs have created two hundred thousand, hundred to two hundred thousand jobs created, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. February, then in March, a negative 700,000 per week in review, I have a couple of these reports in here. This came out in the beginning of the uh, the month. So again, kind of showing how things progressed. Some of the, uh, you guys can read it on the screen here. Those of you guys who are on the YouTube, but I will uh, read some of the highlights here. The, they're commenting and appearing to be past the peak of infections, but the US, U.S. GDP is expected to contract severely in quarter two before giving up to stronger growth starting in quarter three, supported by government stimulus and pent-up demand. They're, they're kind of calling for a second uh, half of the year recovery. Um, certainly going into 2021, things are looking strong from this and a variety of other sources. And this. This is reported by CBRE. Some of the other highlights here, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, and Atlanta are hopeful markets to watch as their economies begin to reopen in phases. And these are a lot of the, the early adopters of those trying to get out there um, quicker than the others. I, I do believe in, you know, like in, in Texas, a lot of the restaurants are kind of open at this point, from last I heard talking to some other partners. Frontline workers get access to 3 million hotel guest rooms. And this is one of those, you know, kind of warm and fuzzy articles where despite the suffering of massive pandemic business loss, the lodging industry is pulling together to provide temporary housing for workers on the front lines. Um, part of this, you know, has probably got to be some kind of um, trade in the background with the government and um, the hotel industry. Um, but yeah, you know, it's the right thing to do. I think these are some, you know, some nice people aren't staying in hotels, right? Hotels are, are hurting really bad. We'll kind of get into some of the data uh, that supports that here in a little bit later. The question that's on everybody's mind and honestly what made me a little anxious this month than last month is are people are going to pay their rent? Wall Street Journal tried to scare everybody by releasing this article that headline: nearly a third of U.S. apartment renters didn't pay April rent. And I don't know where the heck they're getting their data from, but this was entirely not true from my point of view. And hey, maybe they're just they're just uh, taking their survey from a lot of more primary markets like uh, California, where. People got it in their head that they don't need to pay rent this month. I don't know where the heck they'd get that. Maybe it was from Instagram. But um, this is an example of fake news, in my opinion. I mean, Wall Street Journal, wrong, but it depends how they sampled their data. Um, other words, I like to use these more industry publications. Uh, Housing News reported that the majority of residents paid April rent. reported that nearly 70% of rental households across the nation paid their rent this month. And then that, that was the first week of April. And then they reported later on the month that rent payments hit 89%. And this is pretty typical what we saw across our portfolio, you know, anywhere from normal, normally collections are in the 95% range. You know, you're going to have people not pay period any month, but the impact that coronavirus and the pandemic had to that number was we saw in the month of April and a little before that was a maybe a few point decrease from there and that's what is kind of shown across the multi housing news. Um, another source commented that the rent payment rate at 93 percent of prior month. So, it's i think this is to be expected this is what sort of what i personally expected across my portfolio you know there was some slight decline in collections but it wasn't a big deal Um, and those who were you know going through some trouble we were able to make individual plans with and they eventually caught up later at the end of the month um thus far it is the first week of may you know this is not not good data but thus far it looks like collections are tracking maybe a little bit less than what it was in May but still overall I'm I'm pretty um, pretty relieved from what I'm seeing we're going to kind of dig into some of the individual asset classes and see how they're they're faring but multi-housing news is has an article will student housing be impacted and i um, heck yeah it is <laughs> a lot of kids had to get pulled out of colleges um, couldn't finish up the year and a lot of parents here's the deal a lot of parents are the ones who make the financial decisions and a lot of parents are a little apprehensive is their kid going to go back to is their kid's school going to open in time so um, a quote that i pulled from here is um, it was commented, that i think they're Reality is, in a fairly likely scenario, that some of the pre-leasing will be backloaded until parents and students feel comfortable with the university's fall semester will open. So it's a wait and see. And this is this is why in my buy box, I don't really focus on student housing because they're impacted by times like these. Office leasing. Now, Commercial Property Executive uh, had an article and they and quote, tenants and landlords are all trying to work together understanding the respective needs for one another. I'd even go as far as say lenders are doing the same thing. Everybody is trying to play nicely in that sandbox. And we can all understand that right now, people are not going into the office. They are told to work from home for the most part. And that this is dropping the demand for housing or for office space. And uh, maybe it might lead to a longer term on um, trend that people don't need to go into the office. Um, we didn't need all these Incan meetings to get things done. We're good with uh, work- working virtually. I know I am. Short-term rentals. I think these are the ones getting killed the most. There was a great article. Um, you guys can check out citylab.com, but it was entitled, Can Airbnb Survive Coronavirus? Um, AirDNA, which is a great source for uh, data for you guys who do, do short-term le- lease rentals, they said that um, there was a dropping 80% compared to the previous week in the beginning of March. Um, bookings in New York City San Francisco and Seattle had dropped more than 50 percent compared to the week beginning January and drops over 35 percent in Washington DC and Chicago again this is another reason why I don't invest in short-term rentals and you guys there's an article I, I wrote about the cons of short-term rentals at simplepassivecashflow.com slash STl for short-term rental or str yeah, slash str is that url Another image of some of the Airbnbs from AirDNA showing on a graph, how much of a decline from the beginning of March to the end of April in terms of bookings contracted. I think a lot of like, you know, here in Hawaii, and I'm sure this is across the nation, um, there was a lot of government regulation over, they they wanted to shut down these, Short-term rentals and people who had short-term rentals—they were desperate. They needed to pay their mortgage because uh, they weren't getting any any type of tenants to come through. So they, they were being very strategic or tricky on when they would list it, so they would hide it away from their, the government regulators. Again, which I don't really condone doing that type of stuff. Um, I don't know. Stick to a normal investment like workforce housing, something that that everybody needs. So here's a a graph that um, Green Street Advisors put together where they just put all the asset classes on a graph and kind of show which ones get impacted the most. Some of the more uh, sensitive to a pandemic, short-term rentals, um, SNFs, which are assisted living developments, senior housing student housing, um, gaming, lodging. I think these are like a lot of the, like, you know, hospitality, think Las Vegas Um, and then strip malls and malls are impacted. Some of the things that are on the bottom of the list of, you know, little impact are short term rentals, apartments, uh, industrial, storage, and that that leads to the you know what should you invest best value in a downturn might be workforce housing says multi-housing news Um, they came up with this white paper assessing the impact of a recession related to COVID-19 crisis might have on apartment properties so they came up with this um, analysis on which uh, they, they, they created this category of vulnerable industries, which is comprised of those who work in hospitality and, and uh, food. So, you know, think in restaurants or people like that, um, and, and like hotels or casinos, that type of stuff. They took those type of people who were getting hit the hardest, and they tried to figure out where do these people live right like if you if you are a landlord and you have one of these people working or paying your rent um you know so they, they realize that 52% of these guys are living in houses they're renting houses um, another 28% are in single-family home and oh fit sorry the 52% was houses that they own themselves 28% are They're renting single-family homes and just 18% of these guys are in apartments, multifamily family rentals. So again, the conclusion of this article was that of vulnerable industries, hospitality and food, um, only 18% of these guys are in apartments. And therefore, the single-family home landlord is going to get hit harder. Things to think about, right? Because you know, like you try and bulletproof your portfolio to whatever can happen. And pandemic is just one of those things that we have just added to the list. So, so CBRE came up with this uh, executive summary in the beginning of April. Um, some of the highlights here are, um, you know, all this will lead to increased multifamily vacancy and declining rents over the next two months and they expect the multifamily market to bottom out in quarter three and begin a recovery in 2020 quarter four so they are seeing us kind of popping right out of this um overall vacancy expected to rise at 2.7 percentage points to 6.3 in quarter three and fully recover in 2021 the Federal Reserve pledged to keep interest rates near zero until full employment returns and inflation exceeds. So, so that's something to keep in mind for those of you guys who are always constantly monitoring those those rates and wanting to refinance or, or pull money out. CNBC reports that JP mortgage chase to raise mortgage borrowing standards as economic outlook darkens. So people are saying, well, like there's going to be a lot of distress inventory after this COVID-19 thing, which I don't really quite buy. I mean, if it was, if it gets that distress, I probably wouldn't buy it. But the problem is with this theory is like what's happening is the lending market is getting more difficult. So if your deal gets better, which I'll argue that may or may not be true, and your lending gets worse, then is it really a better deal? I mean, the lending is part of this whole equation. So from, from uh, you know, middle of April, customers applying for a new mortgage will need a credit score of at least 700 and will be required to make a down payment equal to 20% of the home value. So that credit score need is coming up. So the change highlights how banks are quickly shifting gears to respond to the darkening U.S. economic outlook. So what does that mean? Well, more apartment renters and people renting because they can't um, meet the qualifications to buy a house. And I think this also means lower condo prices because um, there'll be less demand for condos because a lot of the guys who are on the bubble with lending are the guys who don't have much money at all. So they're trying to get into condos as opposed to, you know, that, that second or, or lifetime house, the bigger house. Um, other developments, and um, this is more affecting us um, on our, our multifamily apartments, our bigger commercial deals. People are always asking, you know, how does it impact us? So Fannie and Freddie Mac um, backed – Um, agency debt is now requiring six to 18 months of payments in reserve and uh, this just means that we essentially can kind of borrow less, less um, proceeds um, which slightly lowers returns not much but you know this is all just kind of moving the needle very slightly Um, and it depends on the debt service coverage ratio of the deal. Um, But this can have a negative impact on whether a deal works or not. There have been also some uh, changes in forbearance based on some of the agency debt. And ultimately, I think this flows down to the single family home, mom and pa, landlord. Um, You See some of the the guidances and the uh, the policy that the uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the big guys will lend out to the bigger operators in syndication deals. Top 15 fastest growing mega cities on on here. Um, First one is Gonzo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Cairo, Jakarta, Indonesia, Tokyo at 33 million, New Delhi. But the point of um, putting this up, the discussion that was happening in this article is with this whole pandemic um, thing potentially being a part of our lives in the future, perhaps these mega cities are less of uh, an option, people. It's going to be, you know, people are going to want more space. They're going to want to move to the suburbs. The United States biggest city, which is New York, has 15 million people, which is only 15th on this list. So that's the question, right? Are these bigger cities? Are people going to want to live downtown, or are they, are they going to want to move out to the suburbs and have more space? I think these are some of the more the macro trends. Um, I mean, if you are an investor and you are buying an individual deal that makes sense, I think it's sort of it's sort of um, this doesn't matter to you. I mean, I think this type of data is for the guys who are investing like tens of millions of dollars and they're buying it on an institutional level. But you as a mom and pop investor should always be buying the outlier deal that it doesn't matter if it's in the deep in the heart of the city or out in a tertiary market. You know, I think that the, the biggest things are, are you buying in a discount or are the rents undervalued and its ability to pump rents. So we talked a little bit about which asset classes are hurting the most and which ones are more resilient. Um, This is a slide on which sectors um, and uh, mainly what markets are to be on the lookout for. As I mentioned earlier, some of the biggest impacted um, sectors are leisure and hospitality employment. And those ones that the top, some of the top 10 are Las Vegas, Orlando, Mickey Mouse, the Florida coast, Orange County, and then San Antonio, San Diego, Miami, Austin, Charlotte, Los Angeles. So not saying that there will be a, you know, these are at risk thing, not to say that there will be another pandemic in the future, right? Who knows? But this is just another thing to kind of keep on your radar, Uh, add add on to your laundry list of other things, tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, locusts, um, and a pandemic. Which industries did better this past month? Well, grocery stores went up twenty six percent, and the losers were clothing. Clothing, probably closure of all the the malls, and people just aren't. They don't need to impress anybody. You don't need to buy any clothes again. New York Times had a cool article. I, I like how they have you know their interactive graphs. Um, you know, people are spending more money on groceries, less on travel, shopping, and transportation. Who are the, the winners? Uh, shop, supermarkets, general merchants, and e commerce. Home improvement saw an increase. Um, I don't know how they became uh, essential stay at home, or so they were able to stay open. Um, but I went to Home Depot to buy some seeds to plant in my garden because I was bored. And man, the line was like going outside. Um, And some of the losers were airlines, cruises, fitness. A lot of gyms are hurting. Movie theaters, lodging, and apparel. Alcohol sales were up. Uh, Just another way of, um, you know, movie theaters. Um, Here's some of the losers. Movie theaters, events and attractions, toys, entertainment retailers arts and crafts music sporting goods were some of the big losers some of the winners were gaming and video streaming and music streaming so a lot of people playing at home playing video games passing the time Uh, again I I bought one of the echelon bikes that you work out and there was like a one-month backlog and I also bought a, a better webcam to come to you guys at 4k and that thing it's still on back order Last month, we reported that Cheesecake Factory was going bankrupt. Uh, well, the RE Business Online reports that Rona Capital invests $200 million to keep them alive. So you guys can continue to have your cake. At least that's the ticker symbol for che- Cheesecake Factory. Um, RE Business Online also reports that Amelie buys multifamily development site on South Broadway in Denver. Now, for those of you guys who don't know who Amelie is, Amelie... Is a uh, developer that focuses on residential class A. So these are pretty hip places to live. A lot of like I would say like the yuppies will live in omelies. Um, They'll have the movie theater inside the, the as an amenity and you know, some of them might even have bars. Um, I would call them class A rentals, uh, more the luxury type. Um, but you know they'll they'll build in a lot of the big big primary markets and um, you know big institutional player. But when the way I read this type of article is like I'm kind of seeing that Amelie, they're their institutional player, they're going to do the research. But maybe when they go on, that's maybe when I think that a by the time they actually build the thing, the the market has maybe gotten overheated and started to cool down. So you, but you guys can interpret this type of news however you guys want, but that's just my uh, two cents. Commercial CMBS late payments starting to mushroom. So this is another um, kind of stress test on different asset classes on some of the uh, late payments, delinquency is starting to happen and well, Below, you'll see a lot of these hotel, retail, multifamily, industrial office, all had sub 3% delinquency, and hotel jumped all way up to 20%. One every five hotels are behind on their payments. One on every 10 retail, 10% are behind on their payments. And a multifamily, industrial and office are all around 5% or less, so they are less impacted this bill again you know this is the data hotel and retail are getting killed out there one of the biggest um, hot topics that's been happening in our Facebook group is people are complaining that they can't evict people and so here is a map put together by Marcus and Milichap outlining which states have uh, moratoriums on eviction most of them do at this point um some of the ones obviously a lot of the blue states will have this some of the states with no programs are oklahoma arkansas missouri georgia south dakota well no one lives in south dakota Dakota, nobody cares about that (laughs) um states that suspended court eviction proceedings not necessarily had an eviction moratorium in New Mexico, Wyoming, Idaho, North Dakota, uh, Maine, Vermont, and I don't know what that is. I don't invest there. Um, near Kentucky and, and Virginia. Hey Simple Passive Cashflow listeners, I'm wearing my sleep shirt here because we make our money in our sleep. One of those things that I've been playing around with is this trade line hacking. And if you haven't heard of it, it's a great way to make some side cash, hundred, a couple hundred bucks off each credit card every month. To learn more, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash tradelines and check out our e-course to learn all about this cool way to make some money on the side. So we're going to get into a little bit of uh, action wall things you guys can do and I've been... Uh, have, I have been keeping a list and a running note sheet of all the COVID-19 CARES Act um, developments at simplepassivecashflow.com/covid19, sort of a living guide. Always consult your CPA attorney and do your own due diligence. But here, you know, here are some of the, the developments that happened this past month. So you guys should have received your uh, your share of the 60 million um, checks, stimulus checks through direct deposit. Uh, May 4th, IRS will start to send paper stimulus checks. And, um, and I'm pretty impressed how, mu- how how quickly they actually moved in and, and actually got the aid out to where it's needed most. One of the biggest perks of the CARES Act is that you're able to take $100,000 out of your retirement funds, and what I call jailbreaking it, getting it out of those uh, crappy mutual funds and into real investments. Um, so the CARES Act allows each person. So you can you can take a hundred grand, and, and your spouse can take a hundred grand penalty free. Normally there's a ten percent early withdrawal penalty, but with the care under the CARES Act, as long as you're impacted by the COVID nineteen thing, which In my opinion of course consult your own professional or get a new professional we are all impacted so you might you might be able to um, take that out and pay the taxes back in three years i think is the uh, what the guidance is saying if you don't want to withdraw it maybe you want to now is the time you've been mulling it over at home you want to do a rollover here's a nice rollover chart whether going from Roth, traditional, simple IRA, SEP IRA, 457, 403B, or any design Roth account. A lot of the retirement information is located on my um, QRP site at simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP, which is short for Qualified Retirement Plan. So here is a, a map of the United States showing which states, uh, small businesses, Um, were able to um, get the uh, payroll protection aid Um, a lot of during the first 10 days of the federal government small business rescue program um, it was crazy guys I mean the money was just going out and one of the the headlines was that the bigger companies who were asking for more got help first because the lazy banker just wanted to get it out and it's easier when you just approve the top five guys instead of the bottom 50-something 50, 50 guys. I guess you don't blame them when the goal is to get the money out. Again, a lot of the um, more COVID-19 developments. Uh, we had a great webinar that we did on April 15th uh, with my CPA. Uh, again, that, that video is hosted at simplepassivecashflow.com COVID-19. So if you guys um, haven't been keeping up in March, beginning of March, the fed dropped the funds rate to 0%. And um, the analogy I like to use is we gave up all our dry powder at that point. And I was actually kind of surprised they, they dropped it so quickly. Um, normally they're dropping the rate, maybe a quarter point at most half a point, but they dropped it, I think like a full point or more. Um, just in a matter of a few weeks. So uh, no more dry powder, which is a little uh, scary, but then they came through later on and signed the CARES Act, which is two trillion or might as well be a gazillion dollars in my opinion. You're gonna have to pay that back, probably with higher taxes in the future. Some of the provisions of the COVID-19 CARES Act enacted on March 27th was a five-year carry back on net operating losses and um, i would consult your cpa on on a lot of these things Um, on one of our deals we had submitted the the k ones back to the cpa um, to take advantage of some of this stuff here are some markets likely to experience a longer post-covid-19 recovery florida because of the um, high population of visitors and 19% 19 percent of their population is over 65 and older. New York uh, mostly because of the uh, the density they might have a lot of people moving out is what they uh, they say and uh, 63 million tourists per year so a lot of visitors there and Illinois is because of everybody knows not everybody wants out of Illinois one of the reasons the high corporate taxes. They have a 45% increase in January 2020, high property taxes. People are just leaving that city, that poor city of Chicago. Source on this is CEL and Associates. Uh, market's likely to um, exceed a long recovery. Um, Again, more California. They locked down 40 million people for many weeks is economically devastating, high gas taxes. Unfunded pension liabilities, and they rank number 48 of all US states in overall economic freedom. Well, that's why they call it the Socialist Republic of California. Nevada is another one that's going to see it hard. Um, 56 million tourists, 50 million are, are in Las Vegas. Um, it's just going to be those casinos and hotels are going to be hit the hardest. Um, Airline hub cities like Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Denver, Orlando, Washington, D.C., L.A., Seattle, Charlotte, Houston, Seattle are among the top airports for passenger traffic. And then oil-dependent markets because, you know, behind this COVID-19, there was just another big uh, headline of all the crude oil dropping prices. Uh, A lot of these are like Houston real estate sector is likely to experience enha- enhanced building operation regulations, which is typically not good for the mom-and-paw investor. Um, sometimes the institutions can actually benefit from this, but these are lodging facilities, air- apartment communities, retail centers, gaming facilities, healthcare, office buildings, commercial uh, conference facilities, entertainment centers, outdoor assembly venues. I'm sure they're going to tell everybody to um, wipe surfaces like five times a day or do whatnot. Um, it's just gonna make business harder in these sectors. Impact on COVID-19 on development. Um, you could see incorporating more hands-free amenities like motion active doors, restroom faucets, tissue dispensers, parking gates, doors, and building designs. You know, more point of sale stuff come out I mean, like when I would go pick up my food, it just kind of befuddled me how you still have to like sign the credit card thing and put the credit card in, I guess, this, or like press the screen. I'm like, can't they like just call it good and we so have to touch a touch screen? Utilization of new building materials, inclusion of pandemic in force major clauses in construction com- contracts. <clears throat> I know in our syndication documents, I think that word got... Like thrown in in like future future uh, versions, which is just you know added to the laundry list of things that can go wrong. Uh, upgrades to HVAC systems regarding air quality and circulation, and regular on-site health inspections during construction before certificate occupancy is cut. But it's not all doom and gloom. Why real estate will pre- remain a preferred investment class post COVID nineteen is. Still in a low interest rate environment, Americans need a place to live, like apartments. They need a place to shop, like grocery anchored retail, and produce distributed goods in warehouse and distributed facilities. Continue strong demographics, population is still going up, and uh, favorable tax treatments with all the, um, the goodies in there, like the 1031, carried interest, capital gains, opportunity zones, cost segregations, etc. cetera. So I, I've been watching a lot of uh, other informational videos with my time, and one of these is um, some content done by Richard Duncan, economist. Um, you can see some of his past work and podcasts at simplepassivecashflow.com Duncan. But I subscribe to his uh, newsletter, it's a paid program, so it's not like some free stuff. But you know, he, he kind of outlines some demand shocks um, as inflationary demand shocks that will increase demand and push prices higher and that's what happens in a war and the deflationary demand shock that decreases demand and pushes prices lower like how we're in a coronavirus example like this so that's how a situation where war um, inflationary demand is and a deflation in demand like how we're in now and just interesting to like kind of hear from more academic um, viewpoint of what what's happening here um, some of the supply shocks where decreased supply push prices higher was the oil shocks in the 1970s and other deflationary supply shocks increased supply and push prices lower uh, which can be a event like the general globalization there was a big controversial um, headline that came out where uh, California was forcing landlords to reduce rents by 25% even if a tenant cannot demonstrate a hardship or need allowing judges and the court system to set rents and change the rental agreements already in place um, I'm not going to read the other two bullet points but you guys are probably getting upset but hopefully this does not go through in California but this is, this is another reason why you don't invest in California or a blue state that stuff kind of happens more than a third of the population lives in states that are partially reopened or will soon. Um, this might be obsolete by now. I think the things to watch out for are Texas and and Georgia are, are some of the front runners in this, and see how they react. I think most people who are kind of, you know, riding that the fear train are scared of that second wave. Will it happen? Will it won't? I mean, it probably will, um, but you know, there's there's two kind of voices out there. Uh, one that, you know, says, you know, enough is enough. We need to get out there. We need to get the economy going. And the, of course the other one is, you know, we need to kind of protect human life. One of the best models I've seen of this is this kind of right here that kind of predicting, you know, the, we, we got to the, the peak. Now we're going to see the second, third wave. And then how does the vaccine fall into all of this? Um, I've been following a lot of the vaccine um, happenings at statnews.com. But everybody's you know thinking that it's either going to be later on this year or, you know, some people are like, well, three years from now. It's been affecting the uh, stock market every day. And that's why I don't invest in the stock market. It's so emotional. Um, Whereas I think, you know, like where we're tracking with collections in May and how we're already getting back to work, I think the impact is very little. I don't want to say that too soon because I don't feel like we're out of the woods, but, um, you know, that's why you invest in real estate and especially cash flow for these situations like this. Um, All different ways that people are kind of viewing this pandemic and how we're coming out is going to be a Nike swish. Is it gonna be a V? Is it the beginning of the end? Or, you know, some people are even optimistic. Um, One quick reminder that, that, you know, some of the older um, HIV AIDS, SARS, MERS, Ebola, measles, Zika virus, um, you know, the six months after showed sometimes quite a big, big of a gain um, after SARS things bounce 14 and percent stock market returns are gonna go up and down um, but I think you know if that's why you're, again you invest in real estate this was a model that I made last month which kind of showed well at what point does my real estate go down in value well the first step here was the black swan event happened which is the coronavirus then fear set in I would say this was probably in the beginning until um, March 15th. And then when the stay-at-home orders began, business income definitely decreased. Companies cut jobs, as, as I outlined early in April. Um, but I don't think we got to a point where the tenants couldn't pay the rent. And again, I don't want to jinx things for myself, but um, based on where collections are, I, I'd say the bucks kind of stopped between the tenants can't pay rents and uh, we didn't really see market vacancies go up. Hopefully this, this, uh, the trend doesn't continue, but there were a few other stop gaps to happen before our prices go down, which is decreased market rents, which impacts lower operating income, which means less income for properties. And then that impacts the, the macro market to be higher cap rates, which equates to lower property values. Again, this is why we invest in real estate. Um, I think after all this is all said and done, people are gonna be, um, just dumbfounded how much was $2.3 trillion was spent to um, basically have people stay at home and not, and just stop the economy. How are we going to pay for this? I don't know, but it's probably going to be higher taxes in the future or finding some ways to get at the retirement funds of everybody. Uh, Investors are kind of cheering in their homes because when you own rental properties, you own, commodities you want houses and as things inflation starts to happen to pay off all these debts um pretty much um riding on the right side of the wave of this thing as your properties kind of go up as inflation starts to happen to kind of wrap things up the with the um the news you know to take a page out of Edward bono's um philosophy you know the yellow hat which is the optimistic hat to counteract all the fear-mongering out there. And here's some of the good things that's been happening, you know, appreciation for stay-at-home spouses. I don't think people realize how much work that was to, uh, to watch the kiddos. People getting outside and walking around and uh, embracing physical fitness. I mean, I look outside and in the evenings. It looks like Halloween out there with all the people walking around, although they're not wearing any costumes. Virtual learning being accepted. And I think in our corporate settings, less freaking meetings. Amen to that. We're actually getting things done, and we don't have to see each other face-to-face. People, I think what's nice is people are questioning the news and media. There's so much information out there, and people have their smartphones and their computers and trying to figure out, you know, nobody knows what's really the fact out there. There's some reports and some real, like, like videos of like hospitals not even being filled and yet there's other things things that are being recorded number five here appreciation for teachers who watch our kids i think this week is teacher appreciation week um so if you have a a teacher i would encourage you to get them something nice even though they're not going to be that last day of school for them Um, number six time with our smaller family units And let's face it, if you're kind of listening to this uh, economic report, you're probably in the upper half of the economic scale and you may be doing the white collar quarantine. Um, Nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, you know, I think we can all be fortunate that we are able to just call um, Grubhub and get takeout. And, um, you know, we we have our jobs and we'll continue to bring in our salary income and um, at the end of the day this was just a a time where we just were closer to our immediate nuclear family and uh, another cool thing were the creation of virtual wine tastings and zoom cocktail parties Uh, we had a couple of these these with our simple passive cash flow group and our mastermind recently a lot of fun and um, you know it's a thing now virtual wine tastings check it out Um, more of a some other trends, online shopping, more effective through Amazon and Visa, remote-based environments outsourced through IT, contactless transactions coming, I think you're gonna see that a lot more, and more telemedicine for medical and veterinary clinics. So that kind of wraps up the, um, the monthly report. Um, the next few slides are about what's going on with me personally as I kind of make my way through this world. Um, I'm always trying to find ways to grow, and um, this month, what I put together was I created a completed my trade line course, which I've been working all of 2019 to guinea pig for you guys. So I made $10,000 um, putting authorized users onto my credit cards, and in my spare time. Um, and so I put a resource out there for you guys to check out simplepassivecashflow.com dot com slash trade lines. There is an, also a company um, course along with that. If you guys want to uh, dig into it and actually do the hobby, um, make up to six, uh, five figures. I guess I guess you can make six figures if you have enough credit cards. Um, next on my list is I'm I'm trying to help out people getting started with this real estate thing and. The, I'm trying to work on the turnkey remote rental course. I already have a couple modules in my e-course at simplepassivecashflow.com/e-course, but I think the the feedback I'm getting from a lot of people, and I appreciate the feedback um, from a lot of you guys, is that it's just a lot of stuff. So I'm trying to break them out into more individual, shorter courses for you guys. Um, how I get contributed to this world this month? Well, we uh, a lot of the K ones come back and we gave our passive investors a lot of um, great losses on their taxes. Um, Here's an example, K1, from one of our investors who put in $100,000. They got back $98,000 of passive losses on line two there. Um, Also a way I tried to communicate, uh, contribute to the community was I gave away my e-course access for the quarantine time, because I figure a lot of people are busy or not doing anything at home they got a little more time on their hands and look these are interesting times uncertain times whatever you want to call it and I just feel like people needed a break so I just figured I'd give it away for free for the time being Um, it's normally 800 bucks Uh, hopefully if you guys like it you guys will pay for it so we can try and find and use the money to improve the program for the next guy coming through But for just the rest of this month, the coupon code is Koua, K-O-U-A. The access to that expires at the end of this month, however. Uh, Other ways that um, I got significance this month, my stocks did not go down 30% in value. So I felt very special about that. Um, I didn't have stocks. I don't invest in that stuff. Um, And it didn't go employed. There's always a, you always have to try and create uncertainty in your life. Um, And there was a lot of uncertainty in my life. Um, Staying at home, just watching, I I watch a lot more news than normal. And there's always a little low level of anxiety that is my tenants going to pay rent? And as of today, with May looking okay, um, yeah, be a little bit easier. Uh, one month at a time. And I think we're kind of coming out of it, but I'm not going to uh, jinx myself there. Some things I achieve certainty. So we locked, the lending market kind of froze up there at March, but we have our lenders locked up for our, our uh, next project and um, things are looking good there. So, you know, it's always nice to have some certainty in your life that you can kind of move forward and, and kind of tackle the next project. Um, I think it's hard to find love and connection in our lives these days, but you know, virtual cocktail parties was one way of doing it. But soon we'll be able to get out there and hang out with each other once again. And some new articles and podcasts I like to highlight again this, the trade line article, um, learn how to make I made ten thousand dollars in two thousand nineteen, and I'll continue to do so. Simple passive at slash trade lines, and the um, the CARES Act guide. To popasacashel.com slash COVID 19 to see how you can get some of your, whether it's the PPP, payroll protection, or the IDLE um, grants, or uh, some of those. Some distractions I had to deal with is, you know, being at home and kind of a lot of the world slowing down a little bit. I had no excuses not to get anything done. And there is time to do what what i need to do it's just all a matter of priorities and you know I, this is why i encourage a lot of you guys to get a coach my coach really helped me define what i needed to get done and what are the barriers and ultimately like i said earlier like my coach just effectively just calls me out on my bs and keeps me moving and um some people aren't willing to pay a little bit of money for that i'm like well that's cool but um a lot of people in my peer group who do real estate and you know. Entrepreneurs will swear by their their coach, uh, which is kind of a glorified accountability partner. But um, you know, some people believe one thing, some do the other. All I know is I want to be like one subset, and so I'm going to follow what they do. Some fun things I bought this month we call them doodads because they don't put money in our pocket, but let's just acknowledge the fact that we're just blowing some cash on it. Um, I bought the echelon mirror. I actually haven't used it yet, but um, I got it working. Um, I'll, I'll report next time on how it's, it's been working, and um, I really like popcorn. So I found this thing on Amazon where it's like a ten-pack variety set. I didn't know there was ten varieties of popcorn, but uh, you can you can see which one you like the best. I like that mushroom one, that on the left side. But yeah, they give you like ten bags of um, ten different varieties of popcorn kind of cool some of the lessons learned I had this month was to pay consultants to navigate that PPP and Idle grants and loans um this is something I don't really like to spend my time on Um, you know I have the COVID-19 guide that you guys can pick through to see if it's appealing but you know I'm kind of changing the way I do business where I stop trying to be cheap easy and free um, because normally I get hurt hurt doing that Um, so uh, I'm waiting back to see what I get from the PPP and the Idol grants. And as a group, we have a book club. Uh, you can join that at simplepassivecashflow.com slash lanehack. And the title that we are reading uh, by Mark Manson is Everything is eft I thought it would be a cool book about um, with everything uncertain in the world. That uh, um, It's a book about hope. And I, I like Mark Manson. He's kind of got a more of a stoic viewpoint on the world. And um, you know, it is, it, it's a good book on philosophy. And uh, again, if you guys are interested in joining the Passive Investor Accelerator Mastermind, we do a couple calls on Mondays every month. You get the e-course for free. We have um, about 50 plus numbers in there now, most of which are accredited. So if you guys are tired of kicking tires with the other people at the local area who don't have money or the other trolls on the online free online forums out there and you wanna actually build real relationships with real people who are sort of filtered and coming into this community, um, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. We just got a membership coordinator to help facilitate some of the networking because it's all about um, getting people to connect within our group and um, trying to extract the most value we can from each member. And they kept things off here. Here was a little thing I found on Reddit. I guess at Costco, there was a little flyer in the lunchroom saying that the last day for complimentary food and drinks at the food court will be Friday, May 8th. Which kind of is a a sign of the times is like, we're getting back to swing of things. Um, The pity party is over and uh, we're getting back to work. So again, a lot of this stuff here, um, consult your own legal Uh, professionals this is information is presented for informational purposes only but unless we have any questions we'll see you guys next month aloha The content found here is just my opinion and things change, and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.